are listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. New time for you here. About 8 a.m. Eastern is when this got loaded. Did you notice, by the way, that Friday's podcast, for whatever reason, like I said, it's time to go off 8.45 Eastern time. It uploads into the Apple podcast world, but I have no control over once it uploads. Sometimes it's in there 8, 10 minutes later. Friday, it didn't get in there till like 8.30 or 8.35 Central Time, almost an hour after uh, after it uploaded. Don't know why. That's the longest it's ever been. But we're here with a new time. Daily pod, your daily roundup is going to be in your podcast feed loaded, 7.45 a.m. Eastern Time. So I would think within 10 to 15 minutes of that loading, you'll have it in your feed. Got a lot of stuff to talk about today, and we will get to that momentarily. As you know, your podcast is brought to you by green chef go to greenchef.com slash reality steve 135 use code reality steve 135 to get 135 dollars off across five boxes plus free shipping on your first box that's green chef the number one meal kit for eating well let's get started hometown dates tonight on the bachelorette this is episode number seven normally the hometown date episode is episode number eight So not only did we get two bachelorettes that cut everybody's time in half, they used an episode between episodes one and seven, and they cut one out because hometowns is usually episode eight. Don't ask. This season has been a formatting clusterfuck. But we get our hometowns tonight. There's going to be seven of them, six and a half kind of, because we know, spoiler alert, We know that Tyler gets eliminated during the day portion of his, so there is not a second segment, although they are going to show him going home and telling his parents that he was dumped or broken up or whatever. So we get that, and then the other six you get the full hometown dates of. Obviously, Friday's podcast addressed the fact that Dustin was coming out with a podcast to, you know, cover the... Nate scandal, as he put it. And he did come out with a podcast on Friday for bachelors in the city. And it was probably the worst thing he could have done because in my estimation and pretty much anybody who commented on the bachelors in the city podcast on Friday, if you go to their Instagram, go read those comments. They pretty much tell you the whole story. Nobody liked it. And everybody came down on Dustin for it. And rightfully so. So it's very interesting because the guy promoted that he's going, he's got tea. He had no tea. He had an opinion. And it's just like, great, where was your tea? Where did you show anything of anything? The interesting thing for me about Dustin, this is something that I would just like to know. We know Dustin is good friends with Nate. So when Dustin did that podcast, was this all Nate approved? Did he go to Nate pre-podcast and say, hey, man, I want to back you up here. Here's what I'm going to say. What do you think I should add? What do you want to tell me? And I'll just say it in my voice, even though I'm not going to say it came from you. Or did Dustin legitimately do that podcast all by himself without speaking to Nate, telling Nate what he was going to say or what? Because I think that's interesting. Because if he got Nate's help, then basically what Dustin said is what Nate said, which would make Nate Nate look bad. Because look at the comments in the of all the people that commented on that podcast. It was awful. Literally, it's like 98% of the comments are killing Dustin and Peter and that producer 
I think her name is Emily. Yikes. So there's that. But then if Dustin did it all by himself, then it's just, okay, you just blame Dustin for having awful takes. So I just want to go over a few things that he said, give my two cents, and we'll move on. Because, like I said, read the comments. Those speak for themselves. Basically, nobody is defending what Dustin said on that podcast Friday. It was pretty bad. He did say at some point in the podcast, quote, not one receipt, photo of them confirming they're in a relationship, end quote. What does that look like? What does a photo of people in a relationship look like? Because I saw a ton of photos, and Kelsey has said from the very beginning, at no point, like, she thought they were exclusive around April-ish, or when they were getting serious, uh, maybe Valentine's Day of 2021, but there was never anything. Um, I mean, if he if he's harping on, oh, confirming they're in a relationship. He's focusing on the wrong things. Again, it's yet another person who talked about this subject, who talked about what Kelsey and Larie said to me and the things that they posted on my site, their text messages, their photos. And yet still another person that's defending Nate that just can't say, yeah, I don't understand why he didn't tell her he had a kid. They're all focusing on this introduction thing and nobody for the thousandth time, nobody is saying that, we're getting on Nate because he didn't introduce his daughter to Kelsey. Nobody is saying that. I've never said that. I made it clear from the very beginning. Everybody does that at a different point. Some people introduce their kids after two weeks. Some people do it after six months. Some people have to be dating somebody a year before they let them introduce them to their children. It's a totally different for everybody. All we're saying is he spent this much time with her over the course of an 18-month period how in the world did he never bring up his daughter once? That's all we're saying. So anytime they start talking about introduction to kids and all this, stop. Just stop right there because that's not what anyone is questioning. He also said this, quote, they were dating. They were seeing each other. They didn't talk for six months because someone left a bar with somebody else, end quote. And? At no point during the beginning of that relationship, if you look at the timeline, Did Kelsey think that they were, you know, one-on-one, monogamous, exclusive relationship? Nor did she ever say they were. Why can't she leave uh, and leave a bar with somebody else? What's wrong with that? If you noticed, their relationship started. She met him, I think it was called The District, in January of 2021 or 2020. Do you know what happened two months later? There was a pandemic. Kelsey moved back home. So, yeah, they did not see each other for and didn't really talk that much. They met in January of 2020. I think they saw each other one other time, she said. And then the pandemic hit, and she moved home with her parents. So it didn't pick up again until later on that summer. And I don't know what her leaving a bar with somebody else has to do with anything. Then the great quote by Dustin, quote, This girl's a party girl. This girl was always at the club always out and about doing stuff. And Nate knew that this is not the type of girl to introduce to his daughter. They were in two different parts of their life, end quote. Okay, perfect example. Did this come directly from Nate and Dustin is covering for him and this is Nate's answer? Because if it's Nate's answer, holy shit, Nate. That's a pretty shitty thing to say because she went to a club? Because she's a party girl? So you've never been to a club and you've never partied? Like, it doesn't make any sense. But if Dustin is just saying that because that's his own opinion... Very, very, very questionable and pretty sexist. It's like, 
I mean, how, how much more do you want a woman shamer, Dustin? Seriously. This girl's a party girl. This girl's always at the club. Again, and? She's not allowed to go to a club? She's not allowed to party? <laughs> Weird. Um, he reiterated he's known Nate. I've known him since I was 14 or 15. That doesn't mean anything, Dustin. I'm sorry. It just doesn't. Because you've known somebody a long time doesn't mean they can't have bad behavior that you aren't aware of. So that means that you're telling us you know everything about all of Nate's relationships and everything that he's done, everything that he's texted. I guarantee that when Dustin saw all the texts and photos, he was probably like, oh, shit, I didn't know that about Nate. I didn't know he would hung out with her that much. I guarantee. So you saying you've known him since 14 or 15 means absolutely nothing. Who cares? I mean, somewhat of a comparison, but not nearly as much because what Deshaun Watson did was way more egregious than anything Nate did. But have you heard quotes from Deshaun Watson's teammates back in Houston? They're like, I never would have seen this from him. Yeah, because you don't know everything going on in anybody else's life. So weird. Peter, Pilot Pete, chimed in. One of the worst takes ever. Quote, Nate was doing what the show does, dating multiple people at a time. End quote. (laughs) So now he's comparing the television show to real life. Peter, you realize that Nate agreed to go on the television show. He knows what he's getting into by going on the television show. Everybody that does knows they will be dating multiple people. He's doing this in real life and you're comparing it and saying it's the same thing. It is absolutely completely different. The people in real life didn't sign up for the fact that a guy was going to be love bombing them and then talking to other people and sending other people gifts on Valentine's Day. How Peter came up with that take, again, awful take, just sounded dumb. Back to Dustin. Quote, reality Steve is toxic. We need people that have a voice to spread more positive messaging. End quote. Dustin, it's clear that you don't read anything I've ever written or listen to any podcast that I've done in any recent memory. Look, I know that there's a stigma out there about what I've done. But again, if everyone wants to just focus on the stuff that I've done in the past, which I've always owned up to, I've apologized for, and I've never done it again, I don't know what to tell you because those people are just going to stick to those. And you would think that when somebody has behavior like I had in the past, my question to them would be, okay, so what do you want going forward from me? You know? Somebody did that. Somebody tweeted that. Somebody wrote that. Somebody had misogynistic writings like I did. Somebody screwed up a major story and falsely accused someone of being a sugar daddy or having a sugar daddy. What do you want from that person? You want them to apologize. You want them to take it back. You want them to change and not do it again. That's exactly what I've done. So all these people that continually say, oh, he's toxic. Oh, he's ruined people's lives. It's like, There was a time, yes, where I did, but clearly you haven't followed anything that I've done in the last 15 months or you'd realize I'm not in that business anymore. I don't know what to tell you. The only time any negative T is getting out about a contestant under my watch, under my podcast or my website, is if somebody puts their name to it, like Kelsey and Larie did. That's the only way it's happening. So I... People just want to focus on that. Now, here's one thing that Dustin said that I agree with and I might have to run with. He called me reality fucking Steve. Hmm. Is that, is that somewhat similar to Seth freaking Rollins? 
because maybe I might have to run with that. Maybe I just start calling myself reality fucking Steve. <laughs> Last point I want to make on this. You know, nobody's canceling Nate. Nobody's throwing stones at Nate like, like Dustin said. Should he be rewarded with the Bachelor gig? You know, probably not, but that's not up to us. Dustin overall, basically, in, in the comments, when people started commenting right away after this podcast went up, he said, I just wanted to give more context to the story. And the photos on the text already gave the context to the story. You didn't add anything. You added an opinion of a guy who's known Nate since you were 14 or 15. So it was completely biased. You brought nothing to the table. There was no tea whatsoever. My impression was that Dustin was just downplaying Nate's relationship with Kelsey, making the comments about she's a party girl, she's always at the club, not the type of girl you introduce to your daughter. That's basically just downplaying and diminishing who Kelsey is as a woman, right? Okay, fine. But Dustin, did you actually read the text yourself? Kelsey specifically texted Nate asking about Lurie, and Nate responded by telling Kelsey that Lurie meant nothing to him and stopped talking to her, quote, once we got serious, end quote, speaking about getting serious with Kelsey. So which is it? She's a party girl, can't take her home to mom, didn't take her serious. Or did he take her serious? Because that's what he verbalized to her in a text. He specifically told her, I stopped talking to Lurie, which he didn't, which was a lie. I stopped talking to Lurie once we got serious. So Dustin, your argument is just moot. And it's sexist, and it's woman-shaming. So, great job. You wonder why you got the comments that you did. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place, and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, let's talk a little Big Brother. Let's move on. And I say, honestly, for my dollar, Big Brother last night was the best episode of the season and probably the most important episode of the season and the most game-changing episode of the season. I was, I went back and someone told me to go listen to my podcast on Friday because they got confused. And I, f- <laughs> I want to curse again, but sorry, I am. I fucked up again in my podcast Friday because I kept saying Michael when I meant Terrence. And basically I said... If Alyssa and Jasmine end up on Terrence's team, that's three non-leftovers and two leftovers on that five-person team. So that would be a way to possibly get a leftover out. But I kept saying Michael. I kept saying if Michael gets Alyssa and Jasmine on their team. Oh, so mad at myself that I did that. But you get what the point now. Anyway, so we see the teams picked. Alyssa is on a separate team than Jasmine, and the teams are... Michael, Jasmine, Brittany, Taylor, and Monty, and then Terrence picked Turner, Alyssa, Joseph, and Kyle. 
And I was like, oh, well, this is setting up for a Jasmine Alyssa elimination. Like, there's no, this is perfect for the leftovers. The leftovers have the majority in each alliance. In Terrence's, in Terrence's team, they have three leftovers and two non leftovers. On Michael's team, they have four leftovers and one non leftover, which is Jasmine, which is Michael's target. However, in the biggest move of the season so far, Michael tells Terrence and finally tells Alyssa about the leftover alliance and said, once us seven decided to do what we do, that's why we picked off Amira. That's why we picked off Nicole. That's why we picked off Daniel. Alyssa was supposed to be next, but it ended up being um, Indy, but it was going to be you, Terrence. Like, so now that they know that, if this five of Kyle, Alyssa, Terrence, Michael, and Brittany stay together, assuming one of the leftovers goes home on Terrence's team and Jasmine goes home, there's going to be eight people left, but that five could be the final five because when Kyle and Alyssa and Terrence get back to the main house, Kyle's going to have to tell the leftovers, hey, I told Terrence. And so it's just a matter of at that point if they think that was a good idea or not because it definitely looks like Joseph or Turner is going home because even if Joseph or Turner wins power of veto, Joseph will take himself off. Turner will take himself off. They'll put Kyle or Alyssa up. And I still think they're voting the leftover out in that group because it looks like Terrence is going to be the tiebreaker vote and he knows about the leftovers. So it's going to be one vote to one vote. Terrence is going to be the tiebreaker and he's going to vote out Joseph or Turner seemingly based on what we saw tonight, but there could be a bunch of shit that's happened since then. We don't know. But that is very, very interesting. Biggest move of the season so far. And I think it's still early to say how it's going to go over because it's not like we know how Michael and the rest of the leftovers on Michael's team are going to react. They don't know about it yet. They have to wait a full week. These people aren't even allowed to interact. I'm curious on why Terrence's team got like the short end of the stick. I know he came in second. And I knew they had to be outside. That was announced before the challenge took place. But I didn't realize they were going to make them be outside. It was going to be porta potties and whatnot. Maybe I just totally misread the situation, but surprising to see that. So as for Power Vita, like I said, I don't know who. I think it's already taken place of who won it for each game and who won it for each team, but certainly looks like 1,000% Jasmine is finally going home. And I really think Joseph or, or Turner is going to go home because even, even if either one of them wins power veto, they're going to put, you know, Terrence is going to put Kyle or Alyssa up. But let's say he puts Kyle up. Alyssa is going to vote for the per, the non – she's going to vote for the leftover on the block. The leftover who won power veto is going to vote for Kyle. And Terrence is going to be the deciding vote. And he knows the how it goes now. And he's going to vote Turner or, or Joseph. I don't see any other way. But like I said, guess things can happen. But the key is once this week is over and all eight move back into the house together, assuming Jasmine and Turner or Joseph gets eliminated, there will be eight people left in the house. Six will be leftovers. Two will be non-leftovers, Terrence and Alyssa. And then Kyle's going to have to go and tell Michael and Monty and Brittany and Taylor what he did. And he's going to tell, he's going to have to tell them, Hey, I told them about the leftovers. I don't know if he actually told them the name of the group, but he said the seven of us. I'm going to end it with this. I've got my first appointment today, doctor's appointment. I hope that I can get in a boot 
and get out of this splint and get off of a, of a uh, scooter for the time being. A couple days after surgery, when I was just laying on my recliner and moving my toes, I could feel it in my Achilles, especially if I tried to, you know, reach my toes back a little bit and kind of stretch. I would definitely feel a, a definite sharp, a quick sharp pain. It lasted, you know, a few seconds. I'll tell you right now, uh, for the last few days, I don't feel anything in my Achilles. I don't feel any injury. Obviously, if I banged it or if I fell on it, it would hurt. But I really th- I'm just really curious to see if I can get into a boot. Obviously, there's a lot of cushion in there, and it's going to be raised. They want my heel raised as much as possible. It'll be interesting to see if I put a boot on, if it actually will hurt to take a step, because that's the biggest key. If it's going to hurt to take a step or it's going to be too much pain, then I guess I stay on the scooter and leave a splint on. But I'm telling you, I can move my toes around. I don't feel anything in my Achilles right now. Not that it's completely healed. Obviously, I only had surgery 12 days ago. But two, three days after surgery, I felt everything in my ankle when there was some sort of movement down in that area. Now, nothing. So hopefully things go well at the doctor's appointment today. And uh, I keep telling you, I'm going to tell you my shower stories. <laughs> um, I'll get to that uh, probably tomorrow because that's been, like I said, the hardest thing I've had to do ever since I, I tore my Achilles on August 1st. Surgery was on August 10th. Here we are, August 22nd. Easily the hardest part about this whole thing has been taking a shower and not even close. So thank you all for tuning in. I really appreciate it. I hope you had a great weekend. Episode number seven tonight on the Bachelorette Hometown Dates. Always a good one to find out and see the family that spawned these children that decided to put their lives in front of all of America. So thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Please rate, subscribe, and review an Apple Podcast. And we will talk to you tomorrow. See you tomorrow.